Perfect. Cool. We got a uh, Kid Rock. Uh, it's Kid Rock, Gene Simmons, and uh, John Bon Jovi today on set. <laughs> legendary crew. It's a legendary crew. Found a little bit of a uh, little working out. A little. What else did we do this morning? It feels like a blur. We did IVs today. We um, <clears throat> we worked out. We worked out. We added a couple new people into the workout. Check some houses. Check the house out. We looked out of that house. You know, got nectared up. We got some. We got some nectar. We hit the nectar juice bar. It's funny enough. I first time I had nectar was in uh, California when I went like pff, nine years. Oh, ago. that's a chain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. I would go there. I was like, uh, why don't they have this on the East Coast? No, I guess right we here. do. Cool. Well, who do we have on the show? Do you go ahead and introduce yourself. Self introduction. All yeah. right. Uh, full name. Everything. Yeah. I mean. You know, I mean. Yeah. Listen. You know this. Let this spur of the moment pod. <laughs> Get some adjustment. Cool, cool. Yeah, introduce yourself. Yeah, we have so. a new guest. This is a new thing we're doing on the pod. We're going to bring other people in because we're boring as fuck. Nobody wants to hear the same shit anymore. Oh, us. so I'm the first one. No, 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 no. no. Oh. But we've been inconsistent with consistently bringing in people, and we've decided that in order to keep this podcast uh, interesting and unique and add new conversations and topics, we need to bring people in with interesting stories and uh, there's their perspective. And I think yeah. knowing your, we story, didn't have anything to talk so about being perfect. Cause you're here. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, you I, have an interesting history of how we're at this arrived at this moment. So, yeah. And I think you have an interesting story. So you were going to tell Matt the story and, I'll, and we're just like, we'll just fucking yeah. do it on the pod. So go ahead and introduce yourself first for context. Yeah. So I'm Logan Ruffin uh, from North Carolina. No. For, so grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, moved to North Carolina in 2010. So, okay. So you've, you've been here a while. Yeah, I've been here a little while. That's uh, when I graduated high school. It's 2010. I graduated in 11. Graduated in 13. You younger than me? Yeah. Right here. That was a perfect. I have one year to catch Where's up. Where's the button? <laughs> you younger than me? Don't be it. There you go. That's <laughs> the one you're thinking of? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Love it. <laughs> I got one year to catch up to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right, cool. So you, back to the story. Yeah, so you moved here 2010, graduated 13. What were you, what was young Logan like? What were you into then? Yeah, so grew was up it? in Nashville, um, started, was a race car driver for a long time, um, started racing when I was like seven. Uh, obviously, Charlotte's kind of the home of NASCAR, the racing world. So I was spending a lot of time in my younger years coming back and forth to North Carolina for racing. Uh, so I ended up moving here in 2010, but that's what, that's what young Logan did. Uh, yeah. I raced, uh, went pro when I was 13. So kind of worked through the ranks, you know, start out in a go-kart type thing called a quarter midget. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a kid telling their dad they want to play baseball. And my parents took me seriously for whatever bizarre reason. And we're like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go did, start a did race they have any? Did they have any like racing background? Not or? at all. So that's kind of the, the trick of it all. Um, yeah. Pretty hard to be in racing and not have a family member in racing. It's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. So super bizarre. They believed in me. Um, we finished second, our first ever race, and I was furious that we didn't win. We went back the next weekend and won, and it was just all history after that. Uh, we were there every weekend. Like I said, I was traveling full-time at the time I was like eight. Um, yeah. Went pro when I was 13, and that's kind of when things really fired up for me. But it was around 2007, 2008. Um, was getting looks from NASCAR teams, was signed to a big management company, was in Sports Illustrated and on TV shows. On Hold like, up. You're in Sports Illustrated? Yeah. yeah I need to like see Like the swimsuit that. edition? Like on the cover? No, so I got a two-page spread. It was a thing about like I need, I need to see athletes. that. I need yeah. to see that. I, I can make that sick. happen. I've got I've got copies. That's sick. So, what's that lifestyle like when you're that age though? Like, what are you? What like? How did you decide that that's what you were, were interested? How did you get an interest in it? And then it's like, what's that lifestyle like? That just seems yeah. like that seems up there with like celebrity childhood. It's just so drastically different. Yeah. It's not like your it's typical weird. travel sport. Even like people that are really into hockey and stuff. It's like you're traveling a lot, but like. You know, you live a you're normal, operating a life. you're operating a fucking vehicle at like as like an eight year old. I mean, yeah. I've been to like Wake County Speedway and I've seen like <laughs> how it goes down out yeah. there and like you see those younger. I had no idea just like how like visceral and intense it is. Even on that like really, that's like from my understanding, that's like a very 
I don't know how you'd describe it. I guess a small track or like a like yeah, a shorter short track. track. Like yep. you're not going as at the same speed. Maybe you would, but like it's honestly harder. I mean, yeah. I've always wondered. I'm like, how the fuck do you get into NASCAR? You see somebody do F1. I'm like, how the fuck do you get into F1? Yeah, but what's you the know, lifestyle like? Happen like, into what, that shit. What's the know? lifestyle like at that age in terms of like? Obviously, the traveling aside, but like, what is the training like at that age when you don't yeah. really have any context and you're just like, I want to do this? You know, well, uh, I guess. You know, when it starts out, you know, I was super young. Yeah. So it was, I still lived a fairly normal life when I was eight, nine. Like, I'm definitely getting out of school. You know, we're traveling, we're living life on a bus, basically, mm-hmm. and going from state to state, traveling around racing. So I guess in one aspect, it was cool in that we had loads of family time because you're stuck on a bus together mm-hmm. for the majority of the year. Right. Um, and then at some point, that starts to become more, you know, we're flying back and forth here or there. Um, or you're riding in a van or in the hauler with the crew. Um, the the lifestyle is interesting in that, you know, like you said, you play another sport as a kid and you play your game on Friday or Saturday and you go home and you have practice during the week after school. Racing doesn't really work that way. Um, a, a lot of it is, you know, you're, maybe we leave Nashville on Wednesday, we get to Charlotte, meet up with the team, do what we have to do. Maybe we're flying somewhere, driving somewhere, maybe it's Iowa. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you're doing a 24-hour drive to Iowa. You race Friday, Saturday, Sunday, go back home Monday morning, and you're back at it again by Wednesday. So Uh really what that meant was by the time I was in sixth grade, we kind of got the phone call that, hey, like, this isn't going to work. Like, he missed, like, 95 days of school. Oh, wow. So my parents were like, all right, well, we're homeschooling because we can't stop now. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't, we're not on a track of slowing down. We're on the track of headed the right direction and going to NASCAR. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was homeschool from... Uh, sixth grade on all the way through junior year of high school which was cool it wasn't like the normal homeschool situation where like you're at home and like yeah trapped in your four walls like i was doing school on the road on a plane doing multiplication while you're fucking hitting a corner at like 102 <laughs> yeah i mean like your geometry, geometry and intro to physics was much much more very real, hands-on. real life <laughs> yeah very hands-on uh, I, I guess on that note like i kind of had a, a weird upbringing and being homeschooled. So my dad was the teacher, principal, guidance counselor, uh, PE teacher, all the things. And coach. He was also let, the guy that let you sneak off campus too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we had, I was uh, top of my class. I didn't mm. graduate first in my class, which I <laughs> can't take that away from me. It's forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. You are the valedictorian. Exactly. I was. You're your only child or you had siblings too? So I have, a, I have a younger brother. Mm. Uh, he's a, he actually is in high school right now. Okay. So we're pretty but so he wasn't then he wasn't racing with you at that time no so actually the the kind of the the weekend that set off my career i remember him being there for it he was a a baby he was couldn't be a few months old um back in 2008 there's a so everybody knows daytona 500 is called speed weeks Mm -hmm. so nascar guys are there for two weeks um there's lots of events going on multiple races the big one being the 500 of course but right across the street there's a racetrack called new smyrna and during that week-long time, there's a bunch of different series, the big ones being late models. That's what I drove. Um, and the NASCAR guys will hop back and forth. You know, they might go race a few days to speed weeks and in between kind of their off time, getting ready for the 500. Uh, I was there for the week. So I ran all seven races, uh, was the youngest ever winner, won three in a row, won the championship, set all kinds of records and did stuff. And when that happened, everything kind of exploded. Like that was really where it set off because there was so many eyes there being that the 500 was happening across the street just a couple of days later. Yeah. So that kind of shot my career, you know, into a whole, whole different level. Um, that's where I got the signing deal with management company. That's where we started getting these calls of, Hey, you know, he's young, like too young. We don't know what to do with him, but we want him. Yeah. Um, so it kind of put me in weird situations where you get snagged by a team, you get signed and then they go, Oh shit. Like, what do we, what do we do? Like he's 13. Yeah, you're just like on a roster, but you're not like a, you're not yeah. like the top of the roster. So it created some questions around, you know, you can't be in NASCAR until you're 16, which was cool. You know, we'll spend time. We need to develop anyways. We're not ready for that at 13. Fine. So we'll develop. And in the process of developing, right as I was turning 16, um, Kyle Busch was winning races in the truck series mm-hmm. and it kind of set some things off. And all of a sudden the rule was, no, we think you should be 18 mm-hmm. to be in trucks because uh, he was young. He was doing well. Yeah. That's, I mean, I've had the same thing happen to me. I, I raced in a series that the age limit was 13 after I got done. Cause when I was 12, I was beating everybody. Yeah. And then they said, well, we think it should be, he should be older. And then I got kicked out. And I was yeah. like, well, we're winning races. So then we just mm-hmm. leapfrogged that series and went to an even bigger one. 
Right. And then it happened again. So what ultimately happened was we had to carry like this huge insurance policy oh, to every yeah. racetrack and say, you don't have to insure them. We've got ourselves covered. Just let us race. Mm. So that's how it worked. Um, and then living the life, doing the NASCAR stuff uh, was, like I said, signed and doing well. And then everybody knows, you know, 2008 financial crisis happens. And that really kind of put a wrench in everything. Anybody in racing from top to bottom mm. felt that impact. Uh, racing so money driven. Yeah. You, without sponsorship, without the help of someone you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, I imagine like you can't get the time back either. So if you're like at the prime age and that happens, you're kind of taking an L basically. That's and exactly that's what, what happened. happened. So okay. like, imagine, imagine you're playing triple a baseball yeah. and you are the guy, you're the best out there. You're killing it. And all of a sudden they say, well, we don't have any money in the major leagues right now. So sorry, tough luck. Yeah. But then, you know, that was, that was your time. Like you're, you're going to make it into something like that at this peak when you're doing great, when everybody's seeing how great you're doing. So I hit this huge thing and everybody was excited about it, but there was also no money to really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it was just poor time. Where, where you tell me it was like, just to be in like, go to like the major, the main NASCAR race. It's like, you gotta have like 30 million a year at your disposal. Yeah. That's so it's, crazy. Yeah. And that's to go race cup. Like that's, that's doing the top of the level. Like that's to go compete. And that was always a, a, pressure point for me there are people that love it that will go run in the back they'll start and park is what it's called so they'll try to qualify into the race they'll run one lap and they pull the car off and it's because they're an underfunded team you're making some cash by getting starts and you're kind of proving that you're able to qualify the car in but there's no money to actually go race Mm -hmm. and i always as much as i loved racing and i'd go back and do it in a heartbeat if i could if that opportunity was there that's never what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like if I want to go and we're going to spend the time to do it, I want to go win. Like yeah. I, I don't want to go out every weekend just to try to hopefully make it to last place yeah. and then run a lap and go home. Like that was never, mm-hmm. that was so never. So you need I to did. have, you need to have a, like your sponsorship or a, somebody f- like a big fund behind you. I, it's, I, I had a, like, I, I remember when I was at NC state, I lived with another guy that, probably had a similar path like in his youthful years. His name was Justin. I don't know if you would know him for any reason. You got he, a last name for that? Or you just yeah. Didn't go I can't Justin remember his last name. He has an energy drink company now called Angry Angel that his family started. I don't know if you, if that would ring any bells. I could probably figure out his name, but he's probably around the same age. He's got to be, you probably know him. I know the brand. I know you're talking, you know about, what I'm talking about his last yeah. name right now. Yeah. I can't remember his last name either. Timberlake. But, but I remember him telling me too. He's like, it's just like, crazy expensive like that was that was a threshold is like you have to decide you have to decide like am i all in on this and is the moment right you know but maybe he was in the same situation around 2008 where you know yeah i mean think of it this way like don't even think about the cost to go race yeah just look at it as like let's say you're a soccer player you want to go practice soccer go out in your yard buy a ball go out in your yard and you practice soccer all you want so you're exhausted yeah yeah you want to go test a race car you got to rent the track you're going to do it at nighttime when it's cooler, which, you, you know, might be good to test in hot and cold conditions or sunny, not sunny, however you want to look at it. Um, you got to bring your crew out. You got to have a truck, bring the car there. You got to have the car. So you're going to spend, what, 10, 15 grand just to go, just practice, go practice for four hours. And that's every yeah, time. That's crazy. So it's not, a, and that's what people ask. Well, how'd you, how did you practice? As often as we could, but every time it takes a check. Yeah. And what, what, like, what are the qualities that make someone a good driver? So it's like, what is it at like 13 yeah. that people are like, this is, this guy's got the sauce, you, you just know, like smashing people. Like you just have the instinct. Like I know in the past people and just fucking hit this um, edge at this certain angle or just like, <laughs> yeah. Like what, what is, is it? What is it? That Cause I like, think I'm a good driver. I'm like, bro, you want somebody you like, if we had to pick like robbing a bank in a group and like, who's driving the car? Like I would say it's me. Your baby driver. I love yeah. it. I think, I think we need to do a track day. I, we were talking about doing was that we should Go, do GoPro or whatever. Let's go to GoPro. I'm down. I'm about it. I I think I'm a like a fucking pretty savvy good Let's driver. I love it. But I'm here for it. But to me, it's just like when I drive, you know, it's, it's instinct. Like, and I'm like crossing lanes, whatever. Like I'm driving, taking the Porsche. Like to me, it's all instinct. So a lot of it's feel. So yeah. like the Porsche. Yeah. There's no car that is more glued to the road than a Porsche. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. It's like they, they drive like nothing else. Race cars are uncomfortable. There's no stability control, traction control. There's nothing keeping you there. Yeah. So you're always on edge. Um, you're also, you know, driving the car right at the limit the whole time. And that, that's, that's how you're going to be yeah. the fastest, right? Who can take it the furthest? 
where you're right on that edge the whole time where you're right, you're flirting with a crash the whole time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is feel. Some people have really good car control or really good feel. Some people don't. Like it's, it's a, it's a natural thing. It's, it's almost hard to teach. There's a lot of people mm -hmm. that do driver coaching. Um, and there's things that you can teach, you know, there's, there's strategy, there's, there's learning how to be consistent. There's learning the right way to approach racetracks and get the right line down and understand how to be the quickest there. Totally get all that. But there's also a piece of it that some people are naturally better at than others and it's feel and you can't teach it. Right. Like you go look at Kyle Larson for mm -hmm. up the NASCAR series last year. I'll probably do it again this year. There is no one that I can think of that has better feel than him. And he, he can drive it all. He drives uh, dirt winged cars all week. And then he gets back and he drives his cup car on the weekend and he wins all the but time. But you can tell that from like watching someone driving externally, like, or like, is this stuff that anyone can identify or is it like, you kind of have to be a driver to like, no, I guess you probably have to be in it to know. I feel like yeah. it's soccer. Like when I watch soccer games, I'm like, I can see like, bro, you should be making that run. Like you should be doing this through ball. You should be sending it down line. Like you should be crossing it or like, I don't know. Cause I played like, it's just like, I can see, I'm like, why aren't you doing that? Like, or like, you should right. be taking this yeah. chance from 18. Like, but it's like driving and driving a NASCAR, or like the informative circuits of that. It's like, it's not like street driving. It's like no. a completely different, like format of, but you can identify it. by watching be like, Oh, you should, you should be trying to do this move or you yeah, should, be you can see it. You can see it depends, right? It's like, hard. Like, Cause it's like I was saying, I went TV. to Wake County Speedway as my first time ever. I have a friend that's like a music artist. He'll brands around, you know, right. uh, the NASCARs like, culture and i go and i'm just like so like i'm watching it and i'm so lost in some it's so visceral and like entertaining just to watch people fly around the track but at yeah. the same time i'm looking at like i don't really understand like how people qualified or like the structure of it so it's sure it's a very interesting like qualifying culture and watching it you're like you don't almost know what you're watching and i, I had no idea all the different types of like I remember seeing like all the older guys come out and they've got these like old, forget what they're <laughs> called, like these old, old cars that are not yeah. really going super fast, relatively speaking, but it's just. Yeah, there's loads of different yeah. series. There's loads of different uh, cars to race and series to race in. And it's all about where do you want to go? You mm -hmm. know, like there's certain series that you know you can go race in and that's a, one of the tracks to NASCAR. Mm -hmm. um, there's certain things that you can go race. You know, it's the track to go race in like the Rolex 24 type series or there's tracks to go try to be an F1 or whatever it is that you want to do. Um, but I guess the challenge too, is that it's not like baseball is the best example. You play college ball, you go play minor league, double A, single A, triple A. Hopefully you get called up, you make it to the majors. That doesn't exist. Like NASCAR has no foundation for, you know, you could be racing in legends cars and late models and then make it to NASCAR, or you might make it to trucks first, or you might go race Xfinity. Mm -hmm. Like it, there's a hundred different ways to get there. And a lot of it goes back to how much money do you have? Mm, mm -hmm. Where do you want to go? What will NASCAR approve you to do? Because you do have to get approved. But the money that you have is going to dictate where you go. You know, okay. Do you want to go be a, a low-end Xfinity guy and spend that money? Or do you want to go be a high-end truck guy and go mm. tear up the truck series? That's yeah. up to you. It's, it's your path. Hmm. So what was like when you were, when you were like tour, like what? What was it like when you kind of hit that wall and you realized like, man, I could keep like waiting for this to settle or like I got to yeah. make a choice. Like what, what was that like? What, what age were you at? And like, what was that choice like for you at that point? I think that's probably the hardest question. Yeah. I, so all the racing stuff sometimes feels like a blur. Oh, yeah, um, I imagine I was young, had no idea how awesome we had it. You know, yeah. it was like one of those things where I always said like, man, like going to be living the dream. I think I even said that to Phil today, living the dream. Like yeah. I didn't yeah. realize that. 13 i was you were yeah. I, I, and like that gives me like yeah. chills thinking about it because like i was i was doing exactly what we all want to go do right. i was doing it and didn't even realize it in the moment sure. like it was it was yeah. awesome um but you loved it at the time it wasn't like you were like oh, man yeah. i feel the pressure of having to do this thing for no, other people you were like no. i would fucking love this i love it still like yeah. I, I still love cars i yeah. love cars i love driving it's like my favorite thing mm -hmm. i love it um so i would say you know, later years, like 18 or so, things are slowing down. Instead of running full seasons, you know, we're piecing things together. We're scrapping to go. We want to go run this one big race. And we Who, would. Who's paying for all this? Like, are your parents I'm, just funding this? No. So my parents didn't fund anything after I was like 11. So uh -huh. where'd you get the money for it? So you had sponsors? Or? Yeah, scrapping for sponsors. So we had Terminex on as a sponsor. Uh, that was a big deal that, that we worked. Um, like, People like Wix Filters. Uh, I've got a large company out of Texas called Wolfpack Rentals. 
um, things like that. And then I also was really fortunate and met a team owner that uh, was was wealthy and owned a lot of businesses and just kind of stayed persistent with him. Like, man, like I, I want to be out there. So I made it an effort that even if I wasn't racing, I was at the racetrack. Yeah. Like, I, w- I want you to see me. I want to be there. And I would just go up and talk to him every time. Like, if there, you know, any opportunity I can have to drive your car, like, I'd, I'd love to do it. Yeah. And one day I walked up to him and said that. And he said, I tell you what, we'll race two weeks from now. So do you tell me where to send the check? We'll put you in this car in Wisconsin, and then we'll see what happens. And I went and did that. And then he called me a couple of weeks later and said, hey, you're flying to Iowa on Wednesday. You're, you're going to run our car in the Pro Cup Series. You know, it's Monday. Okay. Yeah. Like it, that's, that's how it works. Like you, you network and meet these people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but you have to also have the, like he saw some skill, like you race and he's like, all right, this, this guy's got some juice. Well, what's him. the upside of the, so like, you know, that's what I was wondering. So you're spending a ton of money. Is it just the optics of like we sponsor in NASCAR or is it just like, is there an actual upside for these companies when they're, how's Rick Hendrick highly taking it on NASCAR or is all of her, his other businesses funding? NASCAR. Is that what it is though? It's like, is he have an upside? It's just like, I have so much disposable income. It's like, whatever, man, I need these write-offs and I like cars and I like this industry. So this I'm doing it. Or is, or is it like, I'm investing 30 million per driver and I'm my ROI on that's like, I'm getting a, mm. you know, additional five. This six, is a hot seven. topic. Anybody from racing yeah. sees this. I'm definitely hosed. <laughs> 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 no, this is, it, it's hard. Um, I mean, if I'm totally honest, I'm out of the game. So I, I'll be honest about it. Yeah. It is hard to spend your money in racing and get it back. That's, yeah. that's a fact. I don't think there's anything wrong. Well, like, that's how I felt. Like I'm that. like, well, I just remember being at that Wake County Speedway and just like really just, I didn't really know a lot of it. So I'm just observing like the whole culture of it. And it's like, you can tell that like on a track like that, for instance, like there's just people that love it. Like you got people that are living on the Wake County Speedway and like all they've got is their car and they're fucking the most happy they could be. They 100%. live in an RV. They've got a, t- a car and every dime they've got is like, there's, so like they're crazy. like putting in the car because they love it. But there's like there's things like listen, you buy like like people say like buy a yacht. It's like it's you're not gonna. There's no ROI on a yacht or a plane. And like sometimes there could be like I'm sure if you're like really looking to flip one or whatever, like there could be. But for the most part, it's like it's not. It's a write off. Mm-hmm. And the ROI is if you're I guess if you're sponsored, it's like your name being out there, and it's like brand oh fuck, they're a NASCAR sponsor. Yeah, I was gonna think it's more of a brand but building. I also it it's also like you like with a yacht, it's like man, if I'm pulling up to a marina and back yeah, in, it's like it's I'm brand. I'm I'm running into five other guys that got money and got yeah. yachts, and it's like yeah. that network. I can't maybe direct a quad. I'm like, I made a million bucks off meeting this dude, but it's like, bro, I've made millions of dollars meeting people that like I pulled up in Monaco or wherever, or like I have a plane. So I'm, un- I'm, yeah, in like the, a non-measurable, I'm in the private airport. I yeah. br- brush over this guy. We end up doing business. So it's like, you can't necessarily measure it, but there's no. like it's a non-measurable existential ROI, yeah. ROI that yeah. you could get from that. hundred percent. Like the yeah. big companies and stuff, it's like you said, it's brand recognition. It's an opportunity for them to uh, entertain their yeah. clients and things like that. Bring them to the racetrack, show them the cool stuff they're doing. Put them on pit road. Guess, yeah. yeah. It's, it's that. So, and that's, that's when you're, when you're, I need to go to a race. I've been to one. Do it. We should be, yeah, we should down. be doing also that. Rolex 24. I thought it would be sick to go to. I got you, friends you, in that. We can make that happen. If you go down and like Rob was telling me, you go down in a Porsche, like you just go in the Porsche area and they let you in. doesn't matter. Oh really? Yeah. just like, that's your ticket. Some sick content. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we don't get pulled over on the way. The fucking, exhaust good yeah. god anyways another story with that but we should drive in your porsche but let logan drive in the yeah, and perfect that's like my dream car so i'm about it that's we should do a track day i've always wanted to track like motorcycles like Oof. where you see people just like laying down in the knee on that but this would be your last you. this would be your last podcast yeah that'd be it i'm good <laughs> it might be I'm good. so anyways i mean back back on topic but so what you're saying is basically like it's not like uh they're making, I mean, I'm sure somebody has like television rights and all that shit. It's different. But well, like, I was just thinking about it from the perspective, like if the sponsors aren't, ma- how does the driver get paid if the sponsors aren't making ROI? Or they're just as a calculated risk depends. where they're like, it's a salary. And if you win, you get a bonus. It was probably something like that. I'd so imagine. you're getting deals from teams. Like, like your teams probably got you salaried. You're going to make uh, bonuses off your winnings and things mm-hmm. like that. You might be getting bonuses or salary from your sponsor it's how you work it so it's no different than being in the nba or something like you probably have your salary you might get a bonus for winning a game you might have your endorsement deal through nike or whoever you're getting money from it's that same type system okay. yeah so um, it just comes down to how you navigate your nil basically to some degree but yeah. if i if my company sponsored nascar it's like when i gave 30 million to a driver like would i would i make 40 
where it's like, nah, he's he made ten million this year, and we spent thirty. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> is that what it is? Like, cost me forty million dollars. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely gonna be tough. Yeah. It's gonna be tough to get that money back. But I will say, when NASCAR was in its prime, like when I was going out and trying to pull sponsors and do that stuff, the TV, uh, the, the the monetary value, the you know value they put on a minute of time oh, being yeah, on TV saying, was yeah. huge, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So if you're running up front, you know, if you're Jeff Gordon, you have DuPont on the side of your car. I don't think that I would know what DuPont was without seeing Jeff Gordon as a little kid. Like sure. I only know that brand because of him. That was worth loads of money. Sure. If your car is running in the back and you're not getting the TV coverage, that's yeah. a tough And think situation. about it now, now he's buying from DuPont every week. So yeah. ROI was just non <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no, no, yeah, kind of yeah I, you know, those are things that maybe we, we don't really think about as much, especially as time changes. It's like, and maybe that's why it's like, it's like, who knows? Like, I feel like NASCAR is one of those sports that probably will be like re-evangelized. Like you see, like I have a, I have a, like a NASCAR shirt. It's like an old vintage shirt. And yeah. It's just like, you see people rocking it and wearing it. It's like, they're trying like, so hard to bring So the only people around. that are really making the money is the drivers. The driver, so I mean, and that's changing a little bit too. You're telling me changed. that too, right? It's like yeah. it used to be these drivers that it's like they're really good, they're getting paid, and now you got drivers that are coming up that are like, I'll undercut these drivers significantly. Yep. This driver's making thirty million, like just pay me five million a year, dog, and I'll I'll race, and I'm as good, if not, could be better and younger. Yeah, I mean, the days of these guys making you know huge money, thirty, forty, fifty million bucks a year, that's getting tougher. Yeah, you know, like that. That's not around as much anymore, especially as the you know. It is costing more and more to build the cars. Like everything's gone up. Now your money's getting tighter for the teams. Like the only person to take the cut is going to be the driver. Yeah. Because it, you're going to have to fund the team and be competitive. So you don't have a choice. Yeah. Do you think you'll see more like driver owned teams some ways? Like because it's happening. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's happening right before our eyes, right? Like, I feel like Tony we see it a lot with like, team. yeah, we see a lot like even with like social media, right? It's like people that used to be sponsored athletes. Like I'll just make my own clothing company and do, have all my own shit. You I mean, know, look be like Jimmy Johnson just bought, yeah. uh, he owns part of Richard Petty racing. Mm-hmm. now. So as Richard Petty phases out, it's now it's kind of Jimmy's team. Yeah. Tony Stewart owns a team that's also connected back to the Haas F1 team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's happening right in front of us. Yeah. Um, I think it's very possible that it continues to happen as the older team owners kind of start to step aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what do you think? What, what, so Jordan starting a team, right? Yep. Like, yeah. 23 XI. So that's with Denny Hamlin. Yeah. That's with Denny. And like, so they're, they're, they don't have a plan to make money. Like, I just want to know. It's like, just like, yeah, man, like, let's just own a team. Like back on five again, we're out, out of memory. Yeah, let someone else use our podcast. All right, we start from the beginning. <laughs> Let's take us back. All right. So. No, I mean, I mean, I think like to recap the last what? Oh, um, no, I think where we probably left off on the other one was just talking about the. I mean, it had to have been somewhere between like sponsorships and no, it was the heat and training Celsius and what heat. You think we we're that far off? Oh, I don't know. I noticed it wasn't red, and I'm like, oh. Who <laughs> <laughs> knows? Got a limited time on this one. All right. Well, um, yeah, we were just talking about how hot it is in the car. Yeah. But you're saying you're yeah. driving high cars drafting and you can't, there's no brake lights. Yeah. So, like, that, that's something <laughs> people don't think about too. Like, that's oh, like, true, it's, yeah. it's really hot and you're tired and, you know, it, it, the car's hard so to somebody drive. Somebody comes around, hit, hits a corner, you have, to, you have to be like, I know at this corner I would stop here in this capacity and I'm anticipating that he would stop like that. Yeah. So, really, what it is, like, do people try to fuck people up to like, oh, yeah. this guy thinks I'm going to stop this way. I'm going to fucking brake check him. Or- so you can, you can do stuff like that. A lot of it at the faster racetracks is aero based too. So like, let's say like, I'll try to peak my car just to the left to get some of the nose of my car in the wind because it creates downforce that way. But at the same time, they have airflow over their car. So hitting their spoiler, et cetera. And when you slide across their rear bumper, that air is temporarily pulled onto your car and off their spoiler. So a lot of times you can slide across somebody and see their car kind of almost slide. It almost stands up because it loses that air pressure. Uh, so you can mess with people with arrow. From behind them. You'll yeah. notice like on really big racetracks, you'll see guys on TV, they'll get really close to each other all of a sudden. They'll be far apart and then they'll swerve into each other. They're pushing air into their fenders. Just like so when they air slam bender. air into the tires, you'll see that car fall back. They just got crushed. See, this is a kind of this like you have to go to NASCAR with someone like someone that knows what they're talking about. Because then if now if I'm watching, like, oh, I see, like that's the context that's missing where it's like way more engaging. Yeah. 
And you, I mean, you're managing a lot too. You got somebody in your ear, you know, you're talking about fuel mileage, you're talking about your tires. How are you doing? How's the car? Yeah. What do we need to change? I mean, and, and props too to the guys on pit road, because that's no easy gig either. And you're, yeah. you're calling the strategy of the race. You're trying to figure out, there's not like a fuel gauge in the car. So we know how much <laughs> gas we put in the car and, and wait. So think about, they weigh the empty can and they put the gas in it and they weigh it. So they know how many gallons of gas, because they know what the gas weighs per gallon. And then they know how heavy that total can is. And they go stick it in the car, and then they have to weigh it again. And they know they put, whatever, 60 pounds of gas in the car. Well, now what's our miles per gallon? And then they're doing math the whole time. All right, we got 67 laps. Why can't they put a fucking fuel gauge in there? There's nothing in the car, but... Uh, you can't put a fucking fuel gauge? No, nothing. That's, that's part of the game. So You yeah. get to these fuel mileage races, and they start going, hey, we're close. You know, don't, don't over push. Then under caution, you're turning the car off and you're coasting and you're kicking it back on. You're coasting, like you're playing games, trying to save gas. Is it like, so I remember when I used to ride motorcycles a lot, it's like, you know, you could be going like 90 in second gear and you don't really feel like you're going 90 because the, you yeah. don't, you're, you're mechanically like, mm-hmm. you don't feel like it's working or is it that way? Like, yeah. you know, you say 190 and it sounds really fast because we're, it, most people are comparing it relatively to like operating yeah, yeah. a regular vehicle. But if you're 190 in a car like that going, it probably what doesn't feel like you're 190. So it's the speed sensation. It's okay, kind of yeah. what everybody calls it. Like okay. you, the, let's say you ran at Bristol one mm-hmm. weekend, shorter track, slower. Yeah. And then next weekend you're in whatever Daytona you're going to feel like you're flying for a couple laps, but then you settle and you get the speed sensation down um, that you only notice it when you hit something. Then you realize real quick how fast you're going. Um, the, the trick of that is like you look at pit road, people go, Oh, they're barely moving. They're doing like 50, 60 miles an hour in parallel parking. Mm-hmm. So people are like, Oh, like look how slow they're going. No, they're going pretty fast. Like they're going yeah. faster than you might be going on the street right now. Yeah. They're about to slide into a pit box. that's the size of the car with people jumping out in front of them. Like it's you're uh, oh, yeah. dialed. Do people get it annihilated and bit. Right? Happens. Yeah, you hope not, but yeah, it happens. Jeez. You know, you lock up the brakes. They misstep off the wall. You can definitely clip somebody and throw them over the hood. Happens. Jesus, yeah. it's a lot more intense. Yeah, we need to go to watch some NASCAR. What's the, what's like a box at NASCAR cost? No clue. I'm always in the pit. Yeah, I feel like it'd be fun to be in the pits. Well, Tim's got he knows people there, so they give you like the hot pass, or whatever. Cool. Yeah, hot pass. Yeah. Yeah. When's the next? When's the next? Like Coke six hundred. Sounds like a I, race. admittedly that's here admittedly boring what's like the, the next good race to go to around here it's long man i remember so i went i went to the nascar uh, uh center here and and did like yeah. some content with the pit crew like a lot of former nfl players and people like athletes just like loading shit on and off Those and like they had are, a whole team at that facility like doing training and stuff athletes it the over the wall cool. guys are ridiculous like they yeah. are unreal they are athletes they are gifted they're extremely, I mean, they're, so that's changed now. Now it's just a monologue. It used to be five lug nuts on each wheel. So they're jumping over a wall. They're taking five lug nuts off, putting five back on, slamming a wheel on, putting 22 gallons of gas in, wiping the windshield, maybe even making an adjustment to the car, handing the driver a bottle of water. They're doing all that, and they're doing it in about 13 seconds. Yeah, see, Tim thinks his assistant job is managing that job. I mean, these guys rip. These guys are probably the and ultimate. These tires are 90 pounds. So you got a guy <laughs> jumping off a wall with 90 pounds in one hand, and he's supposed to bend down with it and slam it and line up all the holes perfectly on the first try. Good the man. jack's heavy. Yeah. I remember seeing it and trying to do it, and you're like, oh, wait, they do this in 13 seconds? You're like, just, I'm just trying to pick this fucker up off the, off the ground. These guys yeah. are genuinely, yeah. like, amazing athletes. And, th- I mean, think about the jack. You know, you go get a, a jack out of AutoZone, go jack your car up. It takes a million pumps to get there. Yeah. Because they're, they're changing the ratio to make it lighter for you. They get that car up in one pump. That's why you see the jack guy jump, comes off his feet, and slams himself into it. Because it takes one pump to get it up, but it's heavy. Damn. Good God. And these, these guys, I mean, a lot of these guys, like you said, they're ex-college football players. Maybe they got hurt in the combine, yeah. whatever. They're insane. And they get paid, like, good money. They get paid big money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's not NFL money, but it's like if you're done with they NFL do well. and you're... But they're you're like, I heard it's like... It's like six, some people make like 600 grand. I mean, they do well. They make six figures for sure. But think about it. It's a pretty cool gig. Like if you're an, yeah. if you're an over the wall guy, you're going to work 32 weekends a year. And every day you're going to have a mandatory one hour pit practice and probably a one hour gym session. So let's say you get all that done by 9 a.m. You have time to work another gig. Yeah, you can go do stuff. There's people that are that do that that are real estate agents. Jeez. Yeah. What do you think you miss about it the most? Just like. Um, 
It's been what, probably what, like six, seven I haven't years driven, now? Yeah, I haven't driven in like eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just miss driving. Yeah. Like, I, I miss, I'm, I'm competitive as could be. Like, mm-hmm. I love competing. I'll compete with you about a board game right now. Like, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, I just like to compete. I loved racing mm-hmm. and, and loved the, the passion behind all of it. You know, everybody was there because they wanted to win. And we were all, you know, you could be cool with each other and then 10 minutes later be at each other's throats on the racetrack. Like, it was yeah. a cool feeling. And that was hard to give up. I think we chatted about that really briefly. Like, I didn't know that was going to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't planning on going to college or doing any normal life stuff because that's not what I had done at all up to this point. And then, like, around 18, 19 years old, it was like, okay, like, I'm either going to live in a truck and figure out how to be a NASCAR driver or I'm going to have to go make a change mm-hmm. and, like, think about my future and how realistic this is. Yeah. That's a hard point to come to. Sure. Yeah. Did you deal with any, like, depression or, like, things during that period or you, you grew, kind of smoothed through it pretty easily or what was that transition like? I think there was definitely, like, some anger behind it because mm-hmm. it was very, like, you know, why me? Yeah. Like, I, I did what I was supposed to do. I was the number one driver in the country. Like, I was, I was doing well and doing the right things and stayed out of trouble. Like, I didn't do anything wrong, and, I, you know, I gave up all my childhood to do it, et cetera, and I would do it again. It's not a yeah. regret. But it's like, what, what did I, like, why me? Mm-hmm. So I, I dealt with that for a while. Um, but ultimately, like, when I think about it now, it's, Look at the experience. Like, if, yeah. look at where we are right now. Yeah. I, I may not be sitting here talking to you guys if I hadn't had the experiences I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely value what I did a lot, miss it. But I think I made the right choice too. Yeah. I that was, was going to be away. my follow-up was like, how, how do you think that that kind of formative training, even though it's like very unusual and mm-hmm. like a different path than most people growing up, like, how do you think that served you now as like in these other endeavors that you've, you've tackled? Like, how, yeah. how is that like? you know, made you better? I think, I mean, how often do you get to, I mean, I was on podcasts and radio shows and did TV shows like every week. Mm -hmm. I did that for years and years and years. So learning how to talk, learning how to present yourself, learning how to run a business and be in business meetings. Like I was doing all that at a very, very, very young age. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of prepped me for real life, so to speak, where I I feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, Had a lot of experience doing it really early, which is kind of hard to portray actually when you get into like the real world real world job market like no i've I've been doing public speaking for 15 years yeah and like you are 22 yeah like, no, like, <laughs> what no, are you I'm, smoking I'm, it's like no i'm being dead ass with you yeah, <laughs> like, literally look me up. <laughs> yeah so like it's it's cool but it's also like you have to sell people that there is value to what i did before yeah so and that was a hurdle to jump you know on my first job out of school mm-hmm. Um, getting people to see like this. Well, was not I would say time. you must be good under pressure. I was going to say, yeah, minimum. like good under pressure. Good under pressure seems like probably a skill yeah. you have to have if you've been driving around tracks. Thrive under stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. love that. Yeah. What's well, like? How, so for like people that have had maybe, uh, I mean, I imagine there's lots of people that share that probably relate to aspects of your yeah. story or parts of it. It's like what is like what's like the pastime that a lot of drivers or former drivers fall into like post driving. It's like they yeah. go to like the crazy go-kart places or like they go and just spec cars out and track them or like what, are, what's like a common hobby for retired drivers. So a lot of, a lot of real estate agents out there. Really? Um, that's a common one. But in terms of hobbies, uh, a lot of us play golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that's like unsolvable. Golf yeah. is so hard. Yeah. Like it's such a hard game. So having something else to go chase and be competitive about that, like you're never going to perfect. Expensive to participate in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, and up until honestly, three years ago, four years ago, I didn't hang out with anybody from racing. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of like reached back out to some, some guys that I used to know that were drivers and you kind of figure out you're all going through and experiencing the same thing. Yeah. So when you start talking, you start realizing that you are all pretty similar. And then, you know, we do all play golf together or, We'll be competitive about anything. We'll go play spike yeah. ball. Yeah. So you Rebel. you raced the like it, like when you're racing, it's not like it's in different drivers. It's like you're probably seeing a lot of the same yeah. faces like every weekend. You know, showing up trying to yeah. get it. So I'm sure you had what like you know. Who are like, the other big drivers that were like in your class? That, that Chase are still Elliott. Racing. Um, They're still racing. Yeah, Chase Elliott's in Cup right now. His oh. dad's Bill Elliott. Give some insight I there. I don't know. So Bill is. Elliott's NASCAR champion, extremely famous, like one of the original legends of NASCAR and so Chase he's like a son. Dale Earnhardt. Type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He raced during Dale Earnhardt's era. 
So like, for example, like when people ask, you know, how do you get into it? Well, there's pictures of Chase sitting in Dale Earnhardt's lap on pit road. Yeah. He was always born to be a NASCAR driver. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not saying that. But if his last name wasn't Elliot, maybe he didn't make it. Right. Because I, 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 and I won't name names, like I think the most talented driver that I've ever seen is currently on pit road in NASCAR. He didn't make it. Yeah. So there's a lot of really good talent out there just that just politics. doesn't make it because it's politics and it's money driven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I raced with Chase. I raced with Kyle Busch a lot. Um, Alex Bowman was around. He was in, he's in cuff now. It's, it's, I guess it's kind of like if you play college sports and you see the guys go up after the game in the NFL and dap each other up because they played high school ball together or they played college ball the together. The only thing I know about the Bush brothers, <laughs> I got a story. Oh, man. Somehow it's, it, it ties into me. All right. I got a speeding ticket in Iredell County. And an LFA? No. It's Lexus? Okay. Well, maybe that is, maybe you have more context to this story. I got pulled over. I was going over, I was going 100. And mind you, I'm not trying to. I'm just like, I have Porsche 911 Turbo S. Okay. And I'm going from, you know, from Mooresville to hop on the highway. And just, you know, going on ramp. And I'm just crossing over to get to the express lane. And like, I guess state trooper just like clocks me. You know, I'm like. 104. He's and definitely I, under, under, understating the crossover off the highway. But, like, to me, in a Porsche 911 Turbo S, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, it's nothing. Yeah. You know? Oh, you're glued. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like there, and I'm like, and I get pulled just over. Feels and right. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, I was probably speeding, you know? In my head, I'm like, bro, you get pulled over going 100. Like, they would, like, they, on the spot, yeah. you know? Pull over. He's like, you know, I pulled you over. I was like, I mean, I guess I was probably speeding. It was just lane changing. He's like, he's like, yeah, I clocked you for speeding. It goes. Whatever comes back, he's like, "All right, man, here's a ticket, here's a court date." And I'm like, "Okay, cool, can't be that." Bad. I look, I was like, "104," and I'm like, "Oh, reckless driving too, or just reckless ticket? driving for sure." Yeah, and I'm like, "Dude, what the? You know, why I thought he'd like, gank my license." So anyways, I'm like, "He didn't gank my license," so I'm like, "I'm good, right?" No, get a lawyer, and he's like, "Yeah, man, um, there is a uh, the district attorney here. There's a s- rule." that um you could thank the bush brothers for yeah never talking um that anybody going over 100 no matter who they are is like automatically you're getting your license revoked ganked and i'm like dude what like no way i'm like it's a 70 i was going you know i'm going 34 over (laughs) right yeah yeah going 34 over i'm like you know i'm like you know no way, dude. Like, there's, there's got to be a favor or a fine or something. He's like, no, you know, what happened was the Bush brothers were racing in, in Mooresville somewhere on the street and got pulled over. And when they went with their lawyer to um, basically fight the ticket and their, their angle was like, you're only doing this because we're famous race car drivers and you're trying to, like, use this as, like, a poster child for, like, no yeah. speeding. So the basically the district attorney was like, hey, I don't like that you're trying to say I'm doing that, so I'm just going to make a fucking rule. Anybody and everybody going over 100, like, that's it. Like, yeah. there's no – over 100 is the threshold, and there is no getting out of Had it. Had to make it fair. Yeah. There is – I mean, I ended up working it out, and, you know, I'm, I'm drive, I am able to drive now. But I was like, holy fuck, dude. Like, yeah. I don't know how fast they were going, but fast. that was the story that I heard. Maybe you know more about that. And then you say LFA, and I'm like, that's a fucking car right there. Yeah, so I, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what we're talking about, because Kyle, and don't quote me on numbers, this was a long time ago, yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Because um, I got that happened to me like two-plus years ago, Yeah, when I just moved here, basically, almost. So this happened a while back. Yeah. Not 10 years ago, but maybe like eight. Yeah. So Lexus came out with the LFA. Yeah. Nasty car. Kyle got one. It's yellow. Yeah. Still lives in Cornelius. We'll get there. Um, he got it. He was in Mooresville. I think they got him at like a buck seventy. <laughs> Just a little bit over hundred. Just Holy a little fuck. over. <laughs> Where in Cornelius? Oh, it, oh, oh, the, oh, it said seventy. I was it oh, got blurred. Yeah. I, my vision didn't Bro, work. It, I thought it said one seventy. So the highest speed limit. I'm just looking at the highest speed limit you could be doing that in is says seventy mile an hour. <laughs> I'm gonna guess he wasn't doing that, but he's at least going hundred over the speed limit yeah. at minimum. Yeah, don't quote me again. It's been a long time. I'm pretty sure it was like 170. I'm pretty sure he was in a 45. <laughs> so he was he was getting it, bro. You that's like you He's automatic on revo- automatic revocation of your life. So he got I'm sure he got his hand slapped, and then I'm the this could all just be rumor, but the rumor is that Joe Gibbs said the car will go. 
because he was driving for Joe Gibbs at the time, that your car is for sale. Like, you're not going to have the LFA anymore. It's gone. Yeah, and that's a nasty His car. teammate, Denny Hamlin, bought it from him, and now Denny has the LFA, and it lives in the peninsula. No way. <laughs> so Denny, <laughs> that, that's, unless he sold it, Denny has the LFA that Kyle got busted in. That LFAs are nasty. Yeah. It, it's such a rare car. They sound unusual. harmonious. Yeah. I guess the only way to say that, they built that car fucking right. Yeah. So he has it. it it's there. I already sold it. I, I haven't seen think, it in a while. I, I mean, I guess I didn't see the others. Whenever I was at Denny's house, um, all I saw, I guess I only saw the NASCARs in there. I didn't see his other side of his garage, but damn, that's kind of sick. Pretty cool. I mean, that's, a, that's like a, that car is like buying like a Carrera GT, you know, or like, Oh yeah. It's like there's, they're, they're not only is it a crazy, incredible car, like great driving car, sounding car, but it's like literally an investment piece. Like that, oh, yeah. that car is like, I don't know what the sticker was on those probably 350 or something like they're like trading in like the, like around hovering around a million. Depends. Yeah. It's some you can get for cheaper depending yeah. on the spec, but like those, that's a nasty car. Oh yeah. Honestly, the whole car scene. I could see that because he's, spo- he's sponsored by Toyota. So that makes sense. That, and that was kind of the, maybe it's partially rumor. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's all real, but that was that Joe Gibbs said, Hey, Kyle is going to be selling this car. Like it has to go. And Denny was like, Ooh, <laughs> I'll say are they, it. are they in the same, like they're about the same age or. Uh, yeah, they should be right, right around each other. And they were teammates, both yeah. drove for Gibbs at the time. Um, so yeah. Jeez Louise. So Buck making that 70. transition into real estate, how did, how did you get into real estate? What was it about real estate that piqued your interest? I guess it sounds common that maybe you had other people that were in your life that were in the game or had some people in my life that were in it. My, my dad has his real estate license. He doesn't sell at all. He, he did it for a few months and was like, this isn't going to be my gig. Um, he's an attorney now. Um, really for me, it was, and, and something that I've chatted with, with Phil about a good bit was that I was in the corporate world and realized really quickly, just from my past experiences and my aspirations for myself, like this, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the timeline's not there. It doesn't make sense. I don't agree with what's happening. Like this isn't me. This isn't what I want to do. I need something that I can control. Like I want to wake up and be excited. I feel like the biggest thing that I would say, but just outside looking, I'd be like, I feel like it's just not dynamic enough. Like when we talk about flipping houses or doing real estate or whatever, like in the capacity that we're trying to do it. And it's like, it's like this like constant moving target. That's like every day is different. Cutting the deals different. Every deal is different. Like, are you flipping the house? Are you renting it out? Like, what's the market? Like negotiating. Like it's so like all over the place. It's like no day it can be structured. Yeah. And so like, I feel like that, what I see when you talk about like going to corporate, it's like, bro, I'm so like it's boring. I'm used to being in the race scene. It's like, it's fucking, it's high intensity. It's all over. And then you're, you're training and like so many different components. So it's like no day could be the same. Yeah. And so like, I feel like maybe like, that's what it is. Like you go to corporate, it's like, bro, I can't be doing this. Like this yeah, is too in a box. As I have to say, you're shoved in a box Yeah. and you, and you mm-hmm. will conform with that box. Yeah. And as long as you conform in your box as good as everybody else, you'll just continue to get promoted and, and, you know, just kind of climb the ladder as people retire or quit or whatever. Yeah. And that's just not, there's nothing exciting. Like, there's nothing motivating about that. Like when I wake up in the morning, it's like, I can't wait. I can't wait to open that Excel sheet. And yeah, no, it never happens. Like it yeah. just sucks. But like the most recent real estate deal we've done has been some interesting negotiations. Yeah, Love it. Still interesting. Still interesting. It's interesting yeah. today. Like, yeah. Like, I love the negotiation piece of it. Yeah. I love the intensity and a little bit of stress and how uncomfortable that can be. Like, yeah. I, I live in that little niche where it's like, I'm uncomfortable with this, but I'm having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, think, I think it's cool. So that, that's really what brought me to real estate was I wanted control of my future. You know, if it, in real estate, the more you sell, the better you do. Mm-hmm. So when I wake up, it's on me. Yeah. How well am I going to do is, is on my shoulders. Yeah. Not just... I can wake up and either turn in a good day or a bad day. I'm going to get a paycheck either way at a corporate company. I don't I think, want that. I think the other side that I like is like you've done negotiating for sponsorship before. Yeah. And when I think about real estate like this at scale, it takes like, like I could spend my own money and I have up to this point, but like to, in order to scale, it's like it requires outside money. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. like, that's just the, the really the only, you get to a certain yeah. threshold. And so it's like, and it's not outside money, like just using banks. It's like, 
who can I network with? High net worth individuals that don't want to invest in the traditional assets that you get pitched or mm-hmm. like or you know funds or whatever. It's going to them being like, hey, like I want to. I'm presenting an opportunity of you know investing in real estate where you basically have to do no work. You have if you got an extra 500k, 900k, million dollars laying around, and you want to make 10, 12 percent on your money, and you get some mailbox money, and in eight months you get it back. You know your you know your initial plus the interest. Good gig. You know it's a good gig, and so it's like I like that piece of it too because it's like it's going out networking with those people and try and bring them into the fold, and then like us showing them the like, hey, like here's the model and here's proof, and then you come and get it. And it's like, and they got paid, and they're like, hey man, like this is good money, and yeah. I didn't really have to fucking do much. And like I got you know I got I gave you five hundred before, like let me give you nine hundred. You know, like, yep. why not? Right. I'm yep. getting better returns than I get anywhere else. And I just think this market and that, and like having you on board, I feel like that's like having that. It's not just you bringing deals to the table and negotiating them. And that's also like this other component where it's like, hey, you need somebody that can like speak and like pitch what we're doing to outside folks and like making them feel confident in doing it and then yeah. like us executing on it. Like, I like that piece of it. I'm excited for that. Like, yeah. I'm honestly, I'm excited about. The, the whole process, like getting to work these deals, which I already enjoy. Yeah. And then getting to see these houses transform. Yeah. It's going to be so cool. Uh, like seeing the house today is going to be. Yeah. And then hopefully selling them. Hopefully selling them. Maybe we're I'll like living a pipe dream, you know, <laughs> no, we'll we're sell just it. buying assets and we're not making any money, but we'll sell them. Make no, no. That's when you get into NASCAR. That's when you get into NASCAR. <laughs> Let's, let's and then we're gonna Go-Kart start our team. own. Then we're gonna yeah. start our own team, and then we'll be funding. Yeah, it. if we can get the building next door, maybe we just turn that into like a crazy go kart track. And, we'll, we'll, and we'll, I think we need a little more than the building next door to do that. Sure. Right. We need to buy. Uh, what was that TV? house I sent you? Whose house is that? Oh, the Deegan's house. The Deegan's house. Yeah, that's yeah. for sale in Mooresville. I'd buy it for two. Oh, you're talking about the one with the go kart for four. You're talking about the one that had the. Dirt There's bike. no way they'd sell it for I had the two. dirt bike. Nah, dirt bike situation. Hell yeah, bro. That's gonna be a tough sell. Not everybody wants motocross track in the front yard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I asked him. I was like, "Oh, that's just like land they're developing." He's like, "No, no, no, no that's a dirt bike track." I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah." That's- they live, but they they kept. They're keeping the lake house apparently. But then you said they sold it. No, so they had a house on Lake James. Uh huh. So that's the lake we were looking at. Another house on. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more north of Charlotte. Beautiful, but they sold that house. That's uh-huh. gone. I think they have a house on the water. Maybe Haley's living in that one. And they have the house in Mooresville, and it sounds like they're moving to Florida because yeah. the, their boy is going to go pro, it sounds like, in motocross. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the hub for that, it sounds like. I feel like that house, that track house with the track is like, it was probably wasn't a house. It's probably like, hey, if we're training. Pretty sick. This is our, like, come here with other people that want to rip and train yeah. and, like, have a place that you could crash if you're here all day. They have a dirt oval out there. So I think it could be, like, a sick headquarters, and we'll have, like, dirt go kart. Yeah. I'm down Super for two. <laughs> <laughs> for two, I could do it. That sounds pretty awesome. Spending four million on that, I'm like, I don't know if they're the ROI is there. L- little lunchtime race though. Yeah. Be great. Something like, yeah, you, break I, a few collarbones. I tell you first thing I'm putting out there. Fucking thirty five acres, paintball field. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. Hundred yeah. percent. And but two million. Let's paper it up. All right. Right. Third one today. They'll be like, go fuck yourself. They would. Dude, but, like, but I'm going to put a paintball court. Like, ah, you know what? Actually, you're sending me out with like my hands tied behind my back. Do it this <laughs> I'm just trying to see what you can handle. Like I, I'm walking you. Like, I'm walking you. You're walking every door you walk in. Dude's punching you right in the face. Like, fuck you, motherfucker, for presenting this low ball ass offer. I'm you like, have no idea how many of those I've done too. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm ripping these verbal offers out and getting them just like <laughs> slapped in the face. Every once in a while, you get one to but stick. But somebody says some shit. I'm like, who else is making you offers, dog? Yep. Like, realistically, this is a real offer, you know? It just takes doing that. It's just reps. I mean, I mean, the one that we got is a stellar deal. I wouldn't mind maybe going just, like, driving out there, taking a look at that property. On, this, on the, the bike? You one? should just bring your let bike bring, in the let truck. Let me bring the bike back. I got to test out the track, dog. Like, <laughs> we got the dirt bike right down there. Oh, only way we can buy is that bitch in the Denali. Yeah, let me yeah. cut a lap, dude. I'd also be like, you need to leave me a couple of your... Uh, what do they call them? I forgot. Supercross. Right. The, the bikes, but the ones that they get that are specifically like a team bike or whatever, they're like like Yamaha team bikes. Oh, they're cool. only uh, made specifically for people that are racing. Yeah, you can ones. only get one by knowing somebody that like races for them. That's cool. I bet like, I need a couple of them team bikes. Sick. They got some fucking gear out there. 
It's got its own fucking fuel tank. Oh, an airport. We put an airport. There's an airport Mm -hmm. right by it. But we could put an airport in it. Can you put an airport on 35 acres? I think you could. You could put a landing strip for for sure. But maybe for a jet. I mean, you you probably could. It's really just about how much, like, you just need to know your V speeds of, like, how much runway you need to take off. I'm assuming you're getting the zoning for that. If you keep getting bigger planes, then you might outgrow it quickly. But. I mean, I think it's cool property. I think for four, though, you're going to have to find somebody that it fits perfectly for. Correct. That's not, that's not everybody's deal. Not yeah. everybody but for two, it's not perfect for me, but I would I'd be like, I'll take that. It's, it's 35 cool. acres. For two, it's pretty cool. It's sick. 35 acres is a lot of space. Yeah. With some sick build-out on there, that'd be a cool spot. Yeah. <laughs> Bennett literally was like, I'd move back for that. I'm like, you just moved. <laughs> He's like, I'd move back. To, I'd move back for that. I, I was, can take care of that place. Yeah. I was like, full-time ranch hand, huh? He's like, yeah, I'd move back for that. That'd be his dream, dream job. Dream Sit in the job. garage, tinker on I mean, on, he would just, on yeah, tinker on bikes, tinker on gear, make sure Get it's a few there. Horses prep, out there prep, for him to take prep care the of. track on the regular yeah. basis, make sure the fuel's there. He, that would be like his dream job. I'm here for it. That sounds like a yeah. good time. I mean, I'll ride a two-offer. I, I, I don't know if you know, know them, but they're, they're, they would be like... Are you from around here? Because that's disrespectful. Yeah, they're not going to like that. I wonder what they bought it for, the land. I'll tell you. Because there's some land I see now that's like a million one. That's Hello. probably, that house is probably like, it's not a house. I don't know what to call it. Barn like Dominium? A, yeah, it's a Barn Dominium, <laughs> for sure. Um, it's got a sick garage, dude. Oh, it's, the whole thing's badass. But How do you even get, I, what connections you got to have to like go... You just call a fuel tanker, like, hey man, we need some ninety three. Yeah, well, we could do. We need some ninety three in our gas station. We can build a badass dog training facility and then probably make it into successful dog training. Like, have a dog, have that place in the ranch and dog dog training center out there. This is this. We're going down a dark path here. Phil proof canines. This seems fucking expensive. (laughs) Two million though, I'd do it. Because the minute I saw it, you I said, I'll, I said, how much does 35 acres cost out there? Like, maybe I should buy 35 acres and just, you know, I'll go present course. it. I'm here for it. Well, right. Do you know the realtor? That's we need to go paintballing. Where, where can we go paintballing? Right? We like, it's on the other side, Denver. Locust, I wish there was one too. Who? Locust near Albemarle. Yeah, but we got to do a day. Like we got to do like a paintball day. The Denver place is pretty cool. I wish there was a place that was a little closer. Yeah. There's all in the fucking Let's buy some land. Stick. We could be the mid thirty year old paintball some cheap team. Land. Like we could find like fifteen, twenty. We could be that crew. We could be that. That's like not far. I would put a field down fast. I remember being I'll take like supposed some net and fucking inflatable. I just remember being like t- you know twelve, thirteen years old, going to like an airsoft course, and you, there's <laughs> yeah. always that like group of like fucking guys, like former special ops guys, <laughs> and like they're like thirties that just want to come and fuck you up, and you're just like, damn, that's me at the go kart. <laughs> I'm like, that's gonna be us. Me and Franco, <laughs> me and Franco went and played. We fucking it was sick. We played. I've never really hours. been paintball. I've done. I did it's a lot blast. more airsoft paintball. It's I went sick, a few we times. Have, we have like nasty guns. So yeah, so everybody's like, I want to be on your team. I'm like, like of course, sure, man. That's cool. But I used to play as a kid. That was an expensive sport. Yeah. I paintballed a lot, and it was like, I, that was probably the, my first foray into business. Okay. I, like, everybody tells me, like, I, I talk about, like, when I actually decided to start a business, but really what got me into it was um, I was young. I wanted to get paintball. My first gun was, like, a Tipman 98 from fucking yeah, yeah. Exporting Goods yeah. mm-hmm. or, like, a Gravity Feed Hopper. And then I went and played, and, like, me and my neighbor really started getting into it, but, like, we were poor. So, like, I basically... Got that, used a little bit of money, got like a, a spider, some like shitty, shitty spider, but better than Tipman. And then I remember I'd buy, I got on PB Nation, which I still am on the forums, and I would buy like parts and I upgraded the gun. And then I did like a trade with somebody. And then I buy like, I got really into this. I learned how to like buy like jerseys or like a certain tank or something that'd be like, oh, this guy's selling for 60. I know it's worth like 90. Buy, sell, trade, like all this shit. And I ended up working my way up to like, building a sick spider that I traded this kid at my field for uh, a shocker, which was like the first electronic automatic gun I had. I remember I bought that thing and I was just like, dude, I would, that's what I was doing it. And my mom for Christmas when my brother got me, I remember one of their gifts was they got me a PayPal account and they put like a hundred bucks in it. They're like, dude, you're, I would go to the post office, get a money order. I was mailing money, money orders for fucking gear. Western union. Yeah. Like I was, and I was just doing it so much. And I was like, dude, I was making like, the time like not a ton of money but like four or five hundred bucks a month like just fucking swapping moving understanding the dynamics of like this is underpriced sell it for more and like 
that was my life, but that was to spend money on paintballs because it was just like fucking paintballing is expensive. Like yeah. paint is expensive. <laughs> and I remember we'd go to the field by uh, in Hillsborough, and uh, Rashid Wallace is from Chapel Hill, and his brother um, would fucking go out there and like he would pull up in an Escalade and like have paint, and then he'd be like done for the day with his boys, and he had like an extra six, seven cases of paint. He'd just like give it to everybody on the field, and, like that's cool. play. Damn. Um, but yeah, that was like my first. That was like I was definitely trading and wheeling and dealing fucking paintball gear just to play just to play yeah that's sick that's yeah. awesome so then like you know when i got a little bit more money i was like what's the best gun on the market i'm buying <laughs> I want three the of these motherfuckers no yeah, i, just I, use, I usually use them just to fucking shoot geese that want to shit in my yard <laughs> <laughs> you see a blue geese like a week's later you're like yeah motherfucker don't uh, well, come people, back here you know, <laughs> some people would like dm me on instagram like yo man that's fucking like animal cruelty i'm like <laughs> <laughs> These motherfuckers come in my yard, shit all over it. The dogs go out in the yard. Geese poop is is bad for dogs. Like it literally makes them sick. Yeah. The dogs go out there, fucking try to eat the geese poop, and they get really sick and throw up and stuff. So I'm like, you know, I fucking yeah, I'll Shut walk out there at seven in the morning. Geese are in my yard. I'm fucking, I'm praying and spraying <laughs> out there. <laughs> Shutting it down. Yeah, hundred percent. Or there's also uh, there's a time we had a bunch of vultures. They were flying and got fucking yeah. Zeus and a wiener dog running in the yard. I'm like. That's vulture meat right there. Like the, the vulture will grab your, your dog. And you fucking, had to defend your family. Yeah, I had to with defend my family, hundred percent with paint. That's awesome. <laughs> harmless. Teach them a lesson they'll never forget. Hundred <laughs> percent. Wow. You see, like you see, like up, oh, yep. Phil must have got that one. His face is just fucking covered blue. <laughs> you hit one. If you, they're all sitting there, they're all quiet, and you hit one they're accurately. Done. He's like, well, the fuck, like, and it starts flying <laughs> off. The rest are like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Phil does have a heavy, heavy trigger finger. Uh-oh. We had the gel blasters this summer, this past summer. Yeah. I don't know how David Dobrik does that in the house. They well, David Dobrik's also getting sued for, like, you know, having his friend take his eye out on the side of a crane. So I don't know if he's doing the smartest shit. Sure. Those, guy. they, like, show in the ads for fucking gel blasters. Like, oh, yeah, people shoot them in their house. I'm like, bro, they, it's such a mess. Oh, yeah. No, bro, like, yeah, I had it on the back patio. I'm like. Right, I'm like leaf blowing for weeks. They just make it look like those just dissipate and like just melt yeah, to the like ground. They disintegrate. Like, nah. You don't see them. They don't stain nothing. I'm like, bro, they're everywhere, <laughs> yeah. and they're addicting because you just load them up. And yeah, like, I mean, they're satisfying to even play with in the little bucket. Yeah. Like, you're, they're fun. Yeah, we should get more of those. Yeah, definitely Sometime outside. Here. Definitely keep it outside though. Inside the house, yeah. no shot. Yeah. There we go. They'd be good, like boat to boat. I think on the on the jet skis, like we should do like a two v two. I was thinking we should do like get go on the jet skis. You have person on the front, person on the back, yeah. and you do like, you know, you're going to war and like it's the jet ski driving. You're on the back like a turret. Yeah, I think I think, I think we could start a new game where it's like someone's wakeboarding. And it's like you don't have to do anything special. It's like how long can you stand how up while people are it? just laying into you? I mean, that's I think that would be hilarious. It's like you get 30 seconds. Can you get 10 seconds? If you're like me, you can't even fucking get on your feet. But, you know, oh, no. I could be I could shoot. That's what I'm saying. Dude, I, I think it's like, what's that? Ideas. What's the game? It's like not, chicken. Not what is it? Is it chicken? Like, is that the game people play in the pool where you yeah. stand on the shoulder? It's like it's like ultimate chicken. It's like you have to ride on a jet Wakeboarding's ski. too far back. You got to wake surf. Yeah, wake surf. <laughs> yeah, wake, wake surf, surf yeah. and stay up. No, no, no. But you could have the jet skis. People on the jet ski. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Jet skis would be sick. I think the jet ski chicken would be that'd be that'd be but some you, good viral I don't think, content. I don't think with gel blasters. I think with no paintball. Paint, paintball. Paint yeah, you got to be able to see because like you you can yeah, keep it real. It's yeah, like bro, it like who can we like we start on the opposite ends and it's like bro, watch we're we can turn this by. into a whole lake sport that like originates up here. It's like a it's like a it's like something that you don't let anyone see. It's like invite only. We yeah. like you get a bunch of people with boats to like block off a certain region, and it's just like it's like an it's like an arena, and everyone crowds around with boats. I'm sure. Just, I'm sure the sheriff's office, if they drove by, you just see a guy in the back of a jet ski <laughs> with a paintball mask on and a paintball gun would let that fly. Well, that's why you got to barricade them in. It's like a it's like a street fight, you know. You guys crowd around your boys, and you just let them get in. <laughs> you see us doing circles around jet the sheriff. Like, do, 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 do. Yeah. Gladiator. Yeah, gladiator style. Cool. All right. Well, it was a fantastic podcast. Pretty I good think, podcast. I think uh, we. This is probably one of our best guests. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good dynamic. It was I mean, good. I have to. You know, I have to be like a frequent, frequent uh, personality. Yeah. Daily podcast. Yeah. yeah. NASCAR driver, real estate extraordinaire, wheeler and dealer, and possibly. Yeah, we have a good possibly team. good team. If we do the turret here. thing, he could be a really good turret shooter. Who knows? Yeah. I want, I'll I'll it's really about ski. building the roster. He's gonna yeah. drive the jet ski. I'll yeah, we well, do need to go to a NASCAR event though. That'd be sick. Yeah, NASCAR for and sure. a track day, but not the let's not go to the, the go kart track. Yeah. yeah, let's go to go. Let's go to GoPro. 
Yeah. We should. We should. Get I've never Tim been to the, the GoPro. I've never been, but where is it? It's here in Charlotte. It's, in it's like twenty minutes from here, right? No big deal. Yeah, GoPro is a go kart track. It's actually the number one karting facility in the country. I've been to that uh, one specifically. Yes, sir. I've been I to the one. There's sense. one out in. Uh, it's called like Rush Hour Karting. I don't. It's not the same. It's not the same. No. Yeah, okay. The GoPro. No, this is like GoPro is like a. That's like a race. That's like a. That's like a sport. Like you go there and practice for like the sport. They run like national karting events there. Okay. Yeah. We should go there. Yeah, they go like what sixty miles an hour. That rips. It's outside too, which is really cool. Damn, I'm game. Gotta go on a warm day, dude. Cold day, warm day, wet day, whatever you want to do. Well, you're fucking. You've been doing this too long. Yeah. Listen, let's go on a warm day. <laughs> we gotta go <laughs> and do a, a day where day. we do. Con- he he coaches us. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll make a game out of it. Yeah. I'll, like, let you guys start, and then I'll put my helmet on and stuff, and then I'll go. And see we gotta, I, know, dude, I think you're underestimating me. Maybe. Maybe. Or are you going to get in there and be like, this is different, dog. He's working me. I'm like, damn, man, he's got an edge. He's this, got guy's, this guy's sliding in past your bumper trying to take you out, dog. Maybe. We'll see. If you're really slick, you know how to turn him off. When I drive by, I'll just flick your motor off. <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? Watch out. I might have my paintball gun on me. <laughs> Shit, that'd be our last guy. time. That's yeah. how we get kicked out of GoPro. It'd be a great go. video, though. Yeah, we've got some good, good content ideas. Yeah. All right. Sick. All right. Call well, it a day. Where's the music? Trombone. It was the outro, Phil. Uh, Well, thanks for listening. It's been fantastic. And uh, see you guys next time. Yeah, sorry that it abruptly stopped partway through. Well, uh, yeah, Matt uh, went from being our um, highly qualified uh, producer to, um, you know, maybe... Maybe we'll replace you. I had some people messing with the equipment here. That is true. We did have some amateurs in here before. Sitting here. Who knows how many hours they're recording that podcast? I'll have enough time. I've actually never seen us run out of memory space, so. I never thought it could happen, but here we are. Apparently you can. All right. Maybe that was the part that would have gotten. Well, Logan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I had fun. That was good. Yeah. All right. Hyped. Until next time. All right.